What's up, guys? This is Matt from the Human Animal Podcast here on a lazy Sunday with my man, Nate. Hey, hey. How are you guys? We are down a man, uh, which seems to happen once in a while, but I guess that's why it's good we have three, so we can keep the conversation going. I know. Have it be like a three-man weave kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Well, if one person has to sub out, then we still at least have two. Yep. That way I'm not just uh, stuck here talking to myself, which, I mean, I do most of the time anyway. But <laughs> Well, you know, conversations are, are always more uh, entertaining than lectures. Yes, I agree. And actually, that's the one thing that I wanted to touch on really quickly in the beginning. Um, you know, last week we, we really enjoyed the podcast and getting to, to talk to each other and, and work that stuff out. And I just feel like there's a lot of, you know... Um, professionals out there that don't ever want to share that they're growing and learning and that they're forming new opinions and changing from their experiences. They want to be seen as the expert and somehow being seen as the expert means that you can't ever change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like uh, uh, compromise and learning is uh, somehow a bad thing apparently. Yeah. And well, <laughs> I just want to say that I really appreciate the fact that I get to sit down and talk with with Nate and Jake so much and hash this stuff out. And looking back over the past year, I was talking to, you know, some close friends of mine, family members who have been following along. And they were just like, man, you guys have evolved so much in your thinking. And it's been really cool to see. And I was like, yeah, it actually is really cool. And, you know, we want to invite you guys to continue to be on this journey with us as we continue to learn and grow uh, and hopefully uh, share that with you guys. So next up, we have <laughs> another lesson, that, another thing we've been tackling yeah. uh, and wrestling with a little bit. And kind of uh, we've done some refining. Some refining. And actually, we're really excited to, to share this with you because I think this has come from a really good um, uh, from a lot of experiences with coaching and with with thinking about this, and then we kind of were hashing this out last week, and it felt like we hit a new phase, like a new way to frame this. So we want to revisit mindful eating with you guys today. And if you remember, um, we've talked about mindful eating before and how important this is to uh, a healthy lifestyle. And Nate really graciously. Uh, shared with us his uh, the original three mindful eating questions to kind of bring focus, right? Uh, those were, why am I eating? Is it making me healthy or is it making me sick? And is it worth it, right? And we've used those successfully with people. Um, but, you know, I was just sitting, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about this recently because I am in the process of revamping our nutritional guidelines and the stuff that we hand out to our clients at force. And I was thinking kind of about a a three-step process. The second step in that for us is mindful eating. And I was trying to determine what is, what is mindful eating? What is our goal for that? What do we really want to accomplish? And I think, you know, what with mindfulness, what we're really getting at is just awareness and as Nathan has said before, kind of awareness without judgment, mm-hmm. right? Yep. In the beginning, you react yep. after you become aware of everything. And I started wrestling with um, that second question, especially. 
is it making me healthy or is it making me sick? Because I felt like, you know, maybe we're encouraging some thinking about food that becomes like this food is good and this food is bad. And once we have those associations with that food, then most likely we're going to see people take on those, personalize those associations when they have those foods, right? Yeah, which is something that um, was kind of an unintended consequence of that question. You know, the, the, my initial thoughts behind that question was just uh, an awareness of how the food uh, reacts with your body and the health outcomes and just seeing that for what it is. The, the problem with that is it, it kind of falls into this, this judgment trap where it's like, Oh, well, if, uh, if the food is making me sick, then it's a bad food. And you know, that that's something that we want to avoid because food is not good or bad. And that's something that, you know, is I kind of explain it in, in the the briefing or the the presentation of those questions but the question itself doesn't really reflect that all that all that well and you know i called you to kind of talk to you about this and you seems like you were along you were kind of in the same train of thought as as i was thinking about writing a, a blog post about it and you know the things we're seeing with people that we coach and with clients is that the comment that, you know, we, we, we tend to let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And we, we tend to think that there's some perfect diet out there. There's some perfect thing that I can be doing. And anything less than that means that I'm not maybe not dedicated or I'm not trying hard enough. And so there begins to get a lot of like guilt and, um, potentially resentment associated with, what we believe should be a very joyful and happy experience, um, which is eating and thinking about food. Um, and I think the mindful eating, those initial questions helped us kind of start broaching that topic. So, but I was like, I, I, it was almost like a survey, like, you know, in a survey, you have to make sure the the questions aren't biasing the response. Mm-hmm. And or creating an emotional response, especially when we're when our goal is awareness. So I started brainstorming on some different ways we could frame it so that the outcome that we want, which is just a, like a, a very sincere awareness of what's what your eating habits are and why they are, um, can come through. So I suggested these three questions to Nate. And, um, I think, I think we're pretty happy with them right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's, we're going to share those with you guys. The first one we stuck with, why am I eating? But I, I'd like to kind of frame that a little bit to help you guys, uh, continue thinking about that. So some of the sub questions we would ask are, am I hungry? Am I responding to environmental, social, or emotional cues? What is my purpose? The second question we've changed to what am I eating? What kind of food is it? Where does it come from? What nutrients is it providing? What are the things I like or dislike about it? What unique flavors and textures does it have? Mm -hmm. 
you want to talk about the changes and how we think that affects it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I I think the 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 biggest changes are in the explicit sub questions. Um, I I feel like the the basic idea of the second question is pretty much the same. You know, it, it's understanding um, understanding your food. Um, but it, it's, it's framing it, uh, in much more of a neutral way. So it's, it's not asking you to, um, uh, make a judgment, but just be aware of it. So, um, a, a lot of the times you can look at, uh, the, the texture of the food, the flavor of the food, the smell of the food, and that will give you a lot of a lot of awareness of what's going on and, and how you're reacting to the food. And just, um, it's not, it's not framing that framing it in this, uh, dualistic way. Um, which in my opinion, and I think you'll agree with me is setting, uh, the person who's eating up for a much more healthy relationship with food because it's not dualistic. It's not this good and bad, uh, frame of mind. It's just, it is the food, mm-hmm. you know, so that, um, we're, we're still looking for the same end result of, um, understanding the food, but it's, it's not dualistic. Yeah. I, and I really like it and I've actually already been using it a little bit. And I think that it's going to really work well. I've been using it and even coaching people and just talking to them because you know, we've talked about this. If you're a coach out there, we've talked about this before. We think that the, the best thing you can do for your client is to become that kind of mirror, that gentle mirror, just um, really reflecting, helping, helping ask the questions that they can, that will garner awareness within the individual without you becoming the thing that seems like you're passing judgment on them, right? So this is, this is exactly what we want. We want the we want the friend following you around, mm-hmm. asking you very uh, open-ended, uh, non-judgmental questions rather than ber- you know self-berating and different yeah. things like that. So then our third question, is it worth it? We change that to how am I eating? Which I just really like the, 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 the way that those three questions flow now. So it's why am I eating? What am I eating? How am I eating? And our subtext here is, Am I present as I eat or distracted? Am I grateful or resentful? Do I feel fulfilled or guilty? And I think just like you were saying before, I think in the end, this is accomplishing the same thing we wanted with that. Is it worth it question? Kind of, you know, I think when we asked, when I asked, is it worth it? It was potentially creating a value judgment, though I think the, the intention was, you know, are you going to be able to eat this and enjoy it and be joyful eating it and be thankful eating it and not feel like five minutes later you're resentful and guilty that you ate it and that you harbor these feelings about it, right? Yeah, exactly. It was the, the is it worth it was more um, a question of uh, internal motivation and um, – creating a a healthy relationship with the food but again that you know i I feel like how am i eating 
frames the question in a much more healthy mindset and it sets people up um, right from the get-go to uh, focus on their relationship with food and not necessarily this um, a transactional kind of relationship. You know, so so like, uh, you know, I'll eat this and I'll feel bad. You know, I'll, I'll feel guilty or I'll eat this and I'll feel guilty, but it was so good that it was it's worth the guilt anyway. And so it'll, um, I, I feel like this this will just, this is a much better way of asking the same question. Yeah, and so now I think with these three questions, what we have is a simple way that we can have people become very aware of their eating habits, why they're eating, the food they're eating, where it comes from, what what things they like and dislike, all those different thing, emotional things that go into food, their emotional response to food. Not only their emotional response, but their eating habits when they eat it. Like, are they shoveling it down versus enjoying every bite? Like, there's a bunch of things that go into it. I think we cover our bases, again, without judgment, just bringing awareness. Um, so I'm really excited about this. I hope you guys go out and, and try this. Um, and I think, you know, what's interesting about mindfulness is that it extends, like we talked about last week, it extends to all realms. So, but food is a great place to start. Yeah. Well, it's, um, we, it, we have such a close tie with food and such a close emotional tie with food. I mean, not just, um, not just, oh, I have to eat to keep mo- you know, to keep surviving but there is such an intimate link between our emotional well-being and our food that if you can kind of approach the food mindfully a lot of times you can gain insight into other emotional aspects of your life so um what do you guys think uh, give us some feedback um i'd like to now Nate, I'd like to switch tracks a little. Do you feel like we covered that, basically, what we wanted to cover? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that was a pretty good introduction into the, the three new questions or the, the revision of the three questions. Um, so I'd like to maybe share with everyone kind of my thought process on my my new three the new three-step thing that I'm kind of trying to develop for force and how I think going forward is how I'm going to be coaching about nutrition. You think that'd be worthwhile sharing? Absolutely. Okay. So that mindfulness part was actually the second step. And um, the three steps that I have right now are step one, uh, determine your why, finding the why. Step two is the mindfulness. And then step three, then we finally get to individual details. Okay. And... What I am enjoying, I've been writing about this for the last uh, several weeks, and what I've really enjoyed about it is the first two steps, the determining your why and mindfulness, really don't have anything necessarily to do with food. They can be taken in any direction. Um, and the why was something that really struck me recently. Mm-hmm. You, you had a great post about that. I, I really enjoyed reading Free Fit Guy. Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've had a, I had a post about why a while ago and I, I've kind of been playing around with this and actually it was, it was hearing some other people talk. I'd heard a uh, Ido Portal talk and some other one that kind of framed it for me a little bit better. And basically in the first step, what I want to do is I want you to just really look at what your goal is 
and what's the motivation behind the goal? What's your kind of broader picture that drives you towards that goal? Because we need to make sure that those two things are connected. And I think when most people fail to achieve their goals, it's because of an either a lack of understanding of their base motivation or a lack of connection between their goal, their methods, and their base motivation. So you can go at this several ways. One way would be to just list out what your motivation is if you feel like you know where, where you're at and list out your goal and then see if you can build the steps between them. Um, but probably the more common way to do it would be to just simply list your goal and then reverse engineer your motivation to understand, to kind of dig in a little bit and understand yourself better. And that is the why. That's asking yourself the question why maybe upwards of five times or more. Um, and so, for example, uh, say you want a six-pack or you want to lose 20 pounds. Our first question is going to be, why? Yeah. So, okay. Well, how about, how about, uh, how about you? How about, okay. let's reverse engineer a question yeah. for you right now. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So let's see my, uh, let's say I have a goal of, um, squatting, uh, 350 pounds. Uh, you know, my, my old, uh, uh PR. Okay. Why? Uh, well, cause I, uh, you know, it, it would be nice to, you know, match my, my strongest point. Why? Uh, this gets difficult. Th by see, the way. Yeah. Like right off the bat. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I guess because I, I would kind of like to prove to myself that, uh, you know, that, that I'm still, I'm still strong, you know, and that, that I still have that, uh, vitality. Why? <laughs> um, because I, I see that my life circumstances are changing and my, uh, self-definition is changing and, my view of myself is changing. And so, uh, well, I guess I'm just going to go down another why. Yeah. Um, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, because, because I'm entering into a new phase of my life and having something that's grounding, um, would be really, uh, would give me a lot of peace. I feel like that would, uh, have, have some stability for me. Why? Uh, that would be my last one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess having, having something stable and having something that, uh, re, you know, reminds me of where I've been and kind of where I've come from would pro I could see that giving me, uh, a stream of continuity through my experience and, uh, you know, that would be, uh, comforting because of all the changes going on. So, and Nate's, Nathan is one of the most mindful and self-aware people I know. So the fact that, you know, he takes a minute to even think about it, 
I mean, this this gets uncomfortable. And so th- this is probably the biggest obstacle I'm going to run into with my new theory is yeah. challenging people right off the bat. People come in, they're like, hey, man, what should I be eating? I'm going to say, well, first, I need you to <laughs> ask yourself why five times. Yeah. No, and it is it is scary, you know, because it's like the – a lot of times the biggest obstacle for people is not – follow through the biggest obstacle is understanding yourself and that's exactly what we're going i mean now here's where here's the next step then that's that's where we're going with this once you understand your 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 goal you understand what motivates you now we can ask the question are these two things connected and sometimes they won't be Mm -hmm. um we could probably say, okay, your goal is to find a sense of continuity and feel like, you know, safe and maybe secure a little bit in the midst of a ton of other life changes. Does that make, is that mm-hmm. basically where we got to? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's that's, that's we, what's motivating you. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah. our like action step could be trying to match, you know, do something comforting like working out and and doing a squat program to get to a point where you could squat what you did before, kind of creating a narrative for you, a a, a unifying narrative through your your life story right now. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it could be something completely different. Yeah. Or maybe it could be multiple things from multiple areas of your life that are all helping you work towards that sense of safety and continuity during change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it could come down to, um, you know, I, I can, you know, continue to meditate and that can be a source of continuity and comfort. You know, I can go fishing, which is, you know, a, a lifelong, uh, uh, I guess, passion for me, you know, is something that really kind of grounds me, you know, so there, there are lots of things I can be doing, And if I don't end up reaching the 350, 375 pound squat mark, you know, maybe it's because that's not the only thing that fulfills my goal. You know, maybe there was another thing that did it. Maybe I didn't fail at achieving my goal. Maybe I just used different means. Yeah. And and I can even see this with, especially with fitness goals, like you're saying, like say someone, uh, an example I give is, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, I want to, I want to fit into my old clothes. Well, I want to feel better about myself. Let me keep digging. Well, because I don't feel good about myself now because I feel guilty for something that happened in the past, or I feel guilty about how I treat myself now. We can start drawing these lines down and, you know, there's kind of two things that I, I, I suggest people do. There, I mean, I think kind of three ways, three major pathways, even though they're infinite ones. But one would be, okay, let's let's set a different goal because we want to connect with that base motivation. The, the, the goal has to serve your motivation, not the other way around. You can't create motivation from a goal. And we see this happen a lot, and I especially see it happen when fitness becomes the goal Mm -hmm. when it's okay. I want to get a six pack or I want to be really, really fit. And now all, all my methods 
and I'm, I'm motivating myself because of that without any connection to my more primal, deeper purpose or, uh, and all my methods change in order to accomplish something that in the end risks leaving you feeling empty because you never connected it with what you were searching for in the first place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we might need to change the goal. Maybe the goal is a good goal. Or the third thing is, well, you know, maybe simply by going into that goal with the focus of your motivation will give you enough perspective and awareness to accomplish that goal better. So, for example, if you wanted to, you're trying to squat 350 pounds, you know that you're searching for continuity, then I think think you're much more likely to find continuity whether or not you achieve that goal that you set for yourself as you reach for it. Mm-hmm. Does that the, make sense? Yeah. The the process of, of, you know, going through squat programs is, is the continuity itself. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the mindfulness and the mindset you bring into it is going to be everything like, and how you judge it. And so you can, you know, whether or not your body is capable of hitting that point again, think you're going to feel good about your experience at the end Mm -hmm. right um and it also might give you a little bit of mindset where it's like hey if this is starting to wreck my body or it's starting to be too much to the point where now the goal is going to limit my ability to feel continuity and safety because now i have these other things going on that i can't control because i'm broken down from this goal now you can reframe it because you have the capability of attaching it to where you want to go. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is intense, but I think it's super important. Mm -hmm. And one other thing I'd like to touch on here is this idea that we've talked before about internal versus external locus of control. Right. This is an important distinction when you're going through the, the five whys or kind of determining your base motivation. Um, this is, in essence, an internal locus control of control, people feel much happier. They feel more in control, like they, they control the outcome. And you want your make sure your goal and your base motivation is reflecting on something that is contained within yourself, something that you can modify and you can change. Because the moment you go down your list of your whys and into your motivations and it becomes... I want this other person to feel a certain way about me, or I want this other person to see more value in me. You are giving them power over you and you have no power to control them. And once that happens, you're on a very slippery slope because you're, you risk never feeling fulfilled. And even if that person does change their viewpoint towards you, I still think that's dangerous because again, you did not empower yourself. You were, you were not empowered. You were, uh, controlled. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, uh, disenfranchised versus having agency to, you know, accept and love yourself. So I think that's a pretty good overview of that step. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we have now let's connect, let's connect the dots for you a little bit. We have step one where you determine your, your motivation to kind of set your goals. Right. Um, then we bring mindfulness into it. So bring it back within the nutrition framework, bring mindful eating into it. At this point, you know, what motivates you, 
You know point B, where you want to get to. Now mindfulness, you're aware of point A. You become aware of where you are right now and what things are affecting you. And you might be thinking, okay, well, now I need to get into individual details because we haven't even talked about food yet. Honestly, the step three is just gravy on top. At this point, I think that 95% of you can get yourself from point A to point B without any other assistance. And I think one of the biggest um, fallacies, disappointments of the fitness industry is that there's this assumed higher knowledge. There's this assumed, like, uh, there's just this secret out there that I don't have. And that if this person shares it with me, then everything's going to work. And that becomes an external locus of control. It becomes you giving over the, the power to determine, to understand yourself and make choices based on how you, under, uh, on your own understanding of yourself to someone else who doesn't understand you as well as you can, right? Mm-hmm. So what I want you guys to think about is if you're able to do those first two steps, you are empowered now to experiment and try to make good decisions for yourself. And I think, again, you're going to get yourself 95% of the way there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you know, and the this kind of comes back to our, the beginning of our conversation on the last podcast. But in my opinion, a good coach is someone who points the way and kind of lets you know when you've taken a wrong turn. And they allow you uh, to find your own way a little bit. You know, a a good coach will only point in a direction. They won't, they won't hold your hand as, as you go down the path. Because if, if they are holding your hand or in some cases shoving you down the right path, then you're not owning you're not on the, you're not on your path you're on their path exactly you know it's like you're you're not um you're not taking agency in the situation you're you're allowing other people to manipulate your experience and manipulate your outcomes and you really need to own it i mean it's it's important and in my opinion agency is key you know people say that you know oh no you know it's so hard to maintain weight loss it's not hard to maintain weight loss when it's an individual who had, who decided, okay, I need to be healthy for these reasons. And I, to do that, I'm going to lose weight and they lose weight and they keep it off because they still understand those base motivations. And they took it upon themselves to say, listen, this has to happen. I have to be healthier and then they follow through, you know, so it's, you know, if, if they have it forced upon them, they are much less likely to maintain that change than if they make the decision on their own and take the steps on their own, invest their time and their effort into being healthier. So I just need to be the old man in rags at the side of the road who just like, you walk up, it's like in the, a dream, and you walk up, and I just point 
<laughs> down the road and I don't even say anything and you nod and keep going. Mm-hmm. All right. No, that's exactly what it is. That's my goal now. Yep. One other thing. Uh, let's revisit one more thing that you, I think, really hit the nail on the head for me earlier in the week. And that's this whole discussion. And we've fallen into this language before about happy being the base motivation for everything. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say, I just want to be happy. I just want to, well, I think that can be a slippery slope because then it's like one, we've talked about this before and this is like kind of, you know, we move towards maybe being a whole person a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like we want to experience the full range of emotions Yeah, and the same mindfulness comes in here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean the, I kind of told Matt a story earlier this week of, um, uh, this kind of ironically brings it back to fishing. Um, but I was, uh, I was out on a boat, um, on a lake with my dad and we were fishing all day long and just had like no luck at all. And, um, I can't remember how old I was, but I, you know, I was, I was a young, a young boy and, uh, and the idea just came up of man, days like this really make you appreciate good days on the lake where you just can do no wrong and you're catching huge fish all the time. Um, and that, you know, from that you can, you can understand happiness a little more that happiness is only happy relative to something else. And so if you're just merely seeking pleasure, you enjoy it less the more you have it. You know, it's the diminishing returns idea. Um, And so maybe the goal is not to just seek as much pleasure as you can, but to seek as much fulfillment as you can. Yes. And that was the word that you, you shared with me earlier that just really struck home for me. I've tried to use like, I want to be a whole person. That just doesn't, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to talk about that. I think a little bit more. But being fulfilled, being fulfilled in all the different needs and aspects of your human animal self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, people people create meaning from struggle. Um, you know, and and you know, if if everything was really easy, then nothing would be really meaningful. Parenthood. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm living it. Exactly. But uh, yeah, you know, they say easy come, easy go. There's lots lots of sayings like that, but I just think that is a really cool way to frame it. Are you fulfilled in the different ways that you want to be fulfilled? At the end of, at the end of, I think a lot of people use this kind of image, you know, at the end of my life, I just want to say I've led a good life, you know, I don't want to just be happy. I want to be able to say that I was fulfilled and I would, you know, I led, I lived a full whole life. Mm-hmm. I think that would give me peace, you know, moving on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, that, that, that's the ultimate big picture right there. That I'm, I'm zooming way out. <laughs> Eagle eye. I'm in the satellite <laughs> above the earth now. But it's important. I mean, it's again, it's important, I think, to to look long term and to really think about these things. And it can be challenging, it can be difficult. 
we wrestle with this stuff all the time. And then we wrestle with how do we coach people? Like, what's our role? Because you might be listening to us right now thinking, aren't these two guys just like strength and conditioning coaches? <laughs> I mean, kind of. We are <laughs> by by trade, but um, we, I think, t- for us to be fulfilled as coaches, we strive for more, and yeah. we wrestle with these things. Yeah. And um, we'll continue to try to figure out better ways to talk about it and deliver it so that you can, we can point the way for you mm-hmm. on what, on what's helped us. Yep. Yep. Like we've said before, uh, this podcast is for you guys. You know, we're just hoping to be catalysts, uh, you know, for positive growth and positive change. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, e- even on a pragmatic level, you know, um, healthy, fulfilled people tend to be, um, you know, tend to achieve their goals and tend to have better health outcomes. And so while it may seem kind of tangential that we're off talking about mindfulness, it's not really, it's, it's so intimately tied with health and success and, um, and squats and squats, you know, (laughs) squats and swings. Yeah. And overhead presses if you don't have any shoulder pain. (laughs) All right. Well, those are some things we've been thinking about. Uh, Let us know if you want to. We'll post this on Monday. There'll be a link on my facebook.com slash free fit guy. Go go ahead. That's kind of like my forum um, so I don't get a ton of spam on the website. And go and comment like what's the thing that you're wrestling with or that you feel like your thoughts are changing on um give the mindful eating questions why am i eating what am i eating how am i eating give them a try let us know how they work for you we'd love your feedback um nate what do you, you got anything going on on the website this week uh well i'm gonna be uh sitting down and writing some articles um uh there should be uh one down the line about um what i've learned from uh, stress eating and trying and mm-hmm. mindful, uh, being mindful of my stress and kind of the, the insights that I've had from that. Um, I look forward to that one very much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be, uh, uh, candid. That's, uh, aren't we always, <laughs> uh, free fit guy. We'll have the, the podcast up, uh, on Monday. So you're listening to it right now. So you already know that. Um, there might be an article later in the week, but what I have been able to do is start, uh, sharing more content on the Facebook page. So I'm going to share just one thing each day of the week, Monday through Friday. Uh, there'll be like a weekly video talking about movement on Thursdays. You know, there'll be some, there'll be an article on Tuesday or Wednesday, Friday. We'll try to be something I've written or share with you guys. Um, or it can even be a sneak peek sneak peek preview of the next podcast in case you guys are interested in what's going on but uh head over there and like it because that has been a really nice way for me to to put content out that's that's simple compared to feeling like i need to write something epic for a, a blog post um but check us out uh subscribe to us on itunes the human animal podcast uh if you have any questions send them to the human animal podcast at gmail.com uh, take a minute, leave us a review. It's super sweet of you if you do it. 
And uh, I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. So off to enjoy a, a thunderstormy Sunday. Yeah. Have a good week, guys. Peace.